We interrupt this broadcast to bring you a breaking content warning. This podcast, which has escaped and is headed towards Slaughter Swamp, has occasionally been known to talk about dirty things, including penises, and often says the fuck word. You have been warned. Hi, everybody. I'm Tyler. And I'm Zach. We're Aeronauts, and we're back with more Word Balloons. We're here. Hey! Slaughter Swamp, right down below us. It's disgusting. You do not want to go in there. But we have a load of pants to drop off. (laughs) Just so many pants. For every time Solomon Grundy comes back, here's a fresh pair of pants. We're going to make sure that Solomon Grundy has never want of pants again. Now I'm just visualizing what I guess is the future and like looking up and seeing a word balloon shaped air balloon just chucking pants over the edge. Hey, what's that? I mean, editor and so is Steven here. I did just finish unloading the pants and it wasn't so much chucking as I was pushing the crate of pants Unleash off the side. Unleash the pants cannon. So. Oh, do we have a pants cannon? That would like so much faster. It's like a t-shirt cannon, but for pants. I mean, we got t-shirt cannons. So we can and just try tiny, loading tiny pants, pants. in. <laughs> I'm just imagining putting a full, like, blue jeans oh, into yeah, a no, pair <laughs> <laughs> Oh, God. <laughs> anyway, it turns out that, you know, all those different times that Slaughter Swamp has been hinted at being mystical in some way, they're true. We can't Dun-dun-dun. get in until we do some things. <laughs> this is, we're kind of just hovering above a swamp, and it, it smells, and I don't like this. I'd rather go, like, get down at bog level. Guess that's This better. explains why the crate of pants I dropped didn't actually ever hit the ground. It just bounced. No, it just stops. <laughs> I don't know if it will ever hit the ground. So, from what I can tell is we're going to have to do some things based on all these different characters we talked about this season, as per always. A rough season for me. Right, let's, uh, let's recap this and do your redemptions first so we can learn about a few of these characters, and then we'll get to the more involved things. Okay. What did... Who did we all talk about? I think we started off the Time Trapper. Which I actually was right on the thing that you were wrong on on that one. Yeah, I think... Yeah. Uh, what did I screw up? I know said, I screwed up. Uh, I said Cosmic Boy was... Because Time Trapper has been different people throughout time right. because of reality warps. I said Cosmic Boy, and you're like, no, it's this dude. Rock something. And we're like, well, that sounds dumb. And I looked it up later, and it is dumb, but it's also the real name of Cosmic Boy. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Yeah. Sometimes I need to take better notes about these That's characters. Okay. <laughs> I don't know Cosmic Boy's real name. He's the weird magnet boy from the future. Owlman, you of got course it. got because it's Owlman. Yeah, love it. Fuck James Woods. Fuck James Woods. But I rewatched that movie. He is very good in it. Yeah, he's a decent uh, voice actor. <laughs> he's just a bad person. Terrible human. Yeah. Fuck him. Ooh, he's candy. <laughs> Manga Con. Oh, right. Got a half one on this because I mostly remembered Elrond and the fact that he's got the shiny body. And that he's Scientology. He's based on the Scientologist uh, Ron Hubbard. Uh, turns out that he keeps getting different robot companions and they're all named after different science fiction writers. Oh, interesting. Except for later on, he gets one named J-Lo, who is just named after J-Lo. Did Jennifer you know Lewis. she has a secret sci-fi uh, writing? God, I wish that was true. Uh, I wish it was does, too. <laughs> does that robot also have... You know what? Never mind. I'm not going to go into that. A badonkadonk? Well, I was going to go with taco-flavored kisses, but... <laughs> Jesus Christ. Short answer, yes. Uh, on top of Elrod, he has Hein 9, named after Robert A. Heinlein, K. Dick, after Philip K. Dick, <laughs> and then, yeah, J-Lo. K-Dick, come here. <laughs> so, he is a the leader of the Cluster. He 
they kind of call him a warlord, but really he's more of a robber baron. He's got much more of a traitor kind of setup. He is a gaseous being in a robotic body. He also has, what was it? It's a great name. He suffers from a condition that causes him to soliloquy at random intervals. He physically cannot stop himself from going into long emotional monologues about things. It's a medical condition. <laughs> it's amazing. This led him, it was it was making fun of like, you know, Thanos or any of the like 60 sci-fi supervillains. You can't make fun of me, it's a medical condition. <laughs> this led him to opening the MangaCon School of Melodrama to teach spe similar speech patterns to other characters. <laughs> if I haven't gotten this across, Justice League International Justice League, Justice League Europe, the uh, Keith Giffen era jail, is some of the greatest comic books ever made. That's so fucking good. It's so good. This is why this was a half, because Elrond was great, but He's everything so, else... Everything, it's so easy to forget, because Elrond becomes a major character, because uh, after the Justice League... He initially sticks, like, Lobo on them, I want to say it is, but... Oh, and he... No, he first meets them when he kidnaps Mr. Miracle to try to open up trade relationships with uh, Darkseid. Because mm. his escape son. Uh, they take... He takes Despero off their hands, and Elrond is traded in return so Elrond becomes like the Jarvis or the Alfred for the Justice League for a while and uh, later on he ends up taking on Starro. They later get into a battle with Lobo because uh, him and Mr. Miracle are trying to build a soap empire across the universe of getting more people to use soap but it somehow puts space dolphins at risk and Lobo's got one thing he cares about and that's, that's space, space dolphins. dolphins so he goes to war with um Lobo fucking loves him some space dolphins there's I understand all the words you've just said individually but as a collective what the fuck JLI was a funny superhero comic that still did real superhero stuff. And it had various spinoffs, including Mr. Miracle. So they would just go like, yeah, that'd be weird. Let's do that. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking love that. That's great. Uh, Johnny Sorrow, another so, half. Johnny Sorrow is a silent actor turned supervillain turned minion of a Cthulhu-esque, not really Cthulhu, but, you know, old gods-esque mm -hmm. creature known as, what is it, the King of Tears? Yes. He, as we have discussed, has the friggin' awesome look of a blood-red suit and a floating, glowing mask. And he, his main superpower is that he, if he takes off his mask, anyone who looks at it, him will die. Unless they're super powerful, in which case they turn to stone, or I think at one point just get knocked out, but usually it's turned to stone. Uh, he's shown a picture of his face, and he turns to stone even. And he turns the wizard Shazam, the guy who gives Billy Batson his powers, to stone by looking at him. He is real powerful. He also, among other things... Oh, he also exploded Captain Atom with it. Yes, he exploded Captain Atom and sent him flying through time. So if he's not wearing his mask, his weakness is a mirror. Yeah, or a Polaroid. But you risk also, you know... I'm gonna keep my eyes closed. Uh, I wouldn't be able to keep my eyes closed because... Curiosity. No. And Johnny Sorrow just looks cool shit. Also, he does look cool shit. He's one of the best designs <laughs> we've ran across. <laughs> I'll be able to look at him once he's stoned. And I'll put his mask back on. Ooh, 
Does he still have power to, like, freeze people when he's stoned? How does that work? I don't remember, man. It just pointed out his literal only listed weakness is weakness to self. He also can turn intangible, but he has to become solid again to remove his mask, and he can't become intangible again until he puts, puts the, the mask, mask back on. on. So, if he takes off the mask, if you even glimpse him for a second, you die. But if he's not... But if he's wearing the mask, you probably just can't touch him, which makes him incredibly difficult to deal with. Uh, he can also teleport and levitate and ener uh, manipulate energy, meaning he can bend energy attacks coming at him together, causing an explosion. Like, you know, Heat Vision and Captain Adams, whatever. I don't know if those were the two, but they were right. in one of the comics that he fought them. And they're like shooting at him, and he's just like, nope! And they just turn and kaboom. He's dope. He's dope. Yeah, that's right as shit. He's an absolute piece of shit. Well, <laughs> like, yeah. he is... Even other supervillains are like, I'm gonna fucking die dealing with him. You... <laughs> You don't, you don't get those powers by not being a piece of shit. <laughs> yeah, right. I'm going to unleash the great old ones, but I'm a really nice guy at heart. I'm going to unleash the old ones. I'm just worried about the economy. <laughs> I'm just worried if they're lonely. <laughs> evil star. So the first evil star is actually a guy named Guy Pumpton. <laughs> he appeared once. That's a great name. I'm, I'm just sorry. mentioning him mostly because I wanted to say Guy Pumpton. He was the owner of Ace Movie Rental and a crime lord who dons a costume identity in 1948 to stop a movie studio from completing a film that will use a script that exposes his criminal activities. During the process, he fights the Justice Society and gets beaten up. Um, Wait, I love it. Yeah. I love it so much. He's massively underused. Um, he is criminal. Um, his front is a movie rental place? This is old school movie rental stuff, oh. so like... He no, was... like, I understand. It's clearly like 80s like era, like... No, like, 40s, oh. 50s era. So, like, oh. he would have rented out the movie reels to, like, theaters and oh. stuff. Oh, okay. I was but, yes, I also was, like, the fucking, like, manager of a blockbuster fought the Justice Society? <laughs> but the one that we really want to talk about is literally just known as Evil Star. His name has never been revealed that I could find. Also a manager of a blockbuster. <laughs> <laughs> His species is the Aeoron from the planet... Aoron, A-U-R-O-N. He possesses the Star Band. He's a scientist that created it. That uh, he hoped to cheat death by drawing power from the stars themselves. It did make him immortal, but it also turned him instantly evil and mad. And it turns out that it didn't just steal power from the stars itself. It also stole the life force from all the others of his species and made them die incredibly quickly. They were like, hey, maybe you shouldn't do that. And he's like, no, I definitely should. <laughs> so they all died. The Star Band gives him various powers that are kind of Green Lantern powers. Uh, generate energy blasts, form light constructs. He also can, has minions that have superhuman strength and vulnerability, and he can fly through space. Somehow he ends up joining the Suicide Squad. I never quite put that part together. Yeah, I don't know, man. Somehow they got him, though. Because he sucks. He ends up making a deal with Neron the demon, and then Guy Gardner punches him a couple more times. Like, he's one of those characters that appears just often enough to have a couple of appearances, but none of them are that impressive. Punch and Julie, half redemption. So, Punch and Julie are named after Punch and Judy, the old-school Victorian-era terrible puppet shows, but they also tap into Bonnie and Clyde with the idea of insane, murderous villains who are just wildly in love with each other. And they're much less abusive than it's uh, given to think of in the whole Punch and 
Judy mm-hmm. thing. I think. I, I want to say there's other places where it is abusive again, so I cannot 100% say there. Probably honestly, just depended on how much the writer wanted to lean into their namesake. Honestly, it's kind of hard to find much on them in, like, good wiki articles. I imagine they're not used a huge amount no. beyond, like, their original. Supervillains consider them a joke. They went up against Captain Adam, and they're just... People. Hey, people can do some cool things. Guys. They're puppeteers from Coney Island that found a box of alien super weapons, decided that the way to deal with this was to dress up as jesters and fight a man that's literally made out of atomic bombs. Yeah, not the wisest. <laughs> I would maybe rob a bank first. Also, I think it was under the Villains Wiki. It was under one of the wiki mm-hmm. articles I was reading. Under Hobbies, they listed Raising Their Son. It's a hobby for them. Oh, it's definitely alien super weapons and is the raising full-time. their son. <laughs> Those alien are super like... weapons is a full time gig. Alien super weapons is a full time gig, and understandably, not couldn't be like a job, but definitely a hobby. The reason why they're actually kind of dangerous is they're hard to predict because sometimes they're just on like, well, let's go on a murder spree or like, let's throw pies at people for a couple days. There might be some bombs in them. We'll find out together. Or they might have like incredibly tightly planned out things of like, all right, we have 10 seconds until the guards get here. Let's do this. Also, pies. Um, (laughs) They join the Suicide Squad until it comes out that Julie is... Also, her name is spelled J-E-W-E-L-E-E. Yeah, I saw this when I was editing the episode, and oh my goodness, that's a fucking... (laughs) Julie. Julie. Uh, They're members of the Suicide Squad until they find out that Julie's pregnant, and Amanda's like, absolutely not. (laughs) Like, I'm Amanda Waller, but I'm... But I'm drawing a fucking line. (laughs) (laughs) Also, Punch eventually dies. And I think they get another punch, and I'm not sure if it's the same one or not. I saw a thing about Punch 2, but I, I didn't Oof. dig deep enough. It doesn't really work. You can't really replace Punch. Uh, Dr. Diehard. I was jokingly say the sun, but that's a, not a dynamic. Nope, I, nope. I had that same thought, and nope. Dr. Diehard. Um, let me make sure I have the right one here. Also known as Hans Lechter, a member of the Extremists, uh, f- who is from the planet Angor. They are an alternate universe Earth that is the Marvel Universe. Functionally, and we talked about this, but I still had to do Redemption, uh, is a Magneto pastiche. Mm -hmm. But he is a member of the Extremists, a group of five terrorists who stole an experimental nuclear weapon that then exploded... Like, right with them right there. But instead of killing them, because it's an experimental nuclear weapon, it just gave them all powers. It was a pastiche on the fact that all of the Marvel characters of a certain age got their powers from various radiation things. The Gamma Bomb, the Radioactive Spider, Cosmic Rays. I get it, and that's... That's cool, but it seems like a weird way of going about making that comment and that, like, why would someone, like, was that the experimental part of it? Were they trying to make a nuclear bomb? I don't think it's ever gone deeply into it, but they ended up with the extremists. There's Dr. Dr. Diehard. Dr. Diehard, the guy I was literally just talking about, who is Magneto. There is a guy who's based off Doom, a guy who's based off Sabretooth, a guy who is based off of Dr. Octopus, except he just has hair tentacles instead. And there's a dude based off Dormammu. I don't like... 
It's his head hair, right? No, it's just tentacles coming out of his head where his hair would be. Oh, that's even worse. <laughs> yeah, it's bad. It's, oh my god, that's even it's worse. deeply uncomfortable. Oh no! <laughs> I hate that. That's so, so hardcore. Oh god, and they look they look very like worm penisy. Yeah, no, it's not good. Mm-hmm. Oh god, I don't know if I covered that, but it's not good. They end up destroying the world of Angor, and all of them die except for Dream Slayer, who escapes to the DC Universe, where he resurrects his fellow extremists uh, using android bodies. Once they're defeated, the extremist robots are then exhibited in Madame Clouseau's Wax Museum in Paris. This is also from the JLI era. That seems pretty fucking... Yeah, it's a bad plan. One, a bad plan. Also, just like in poor taste. (laughs) Just like, really? I mean, let's be honest. Most wax museums are not in great taste. I mean, better than that. Oh, their robot bodies were also created by a guy named Mitch Wacky, (laughs) who is a legendary theme park creator from the world of Angor. I don't know how he ended up in uh, the DC universe. (laughs) My brain just derailed and started thinking about Willy's Wonderland. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, they throw in, uh, I, I just want to add, they throw in a little bit of Professor X. Mm, that makes Because sense. while he's in Germany, uh, he founds a school for gifted youngsters <sighs> and begins training his new students hard to make sure that they're better prepared and resilient for the stuff that he knows is upcoming. This would have been the era that Magneto wasn't a villain anymore and actually running the school, or at least close enough to it, that it would have been... They were used again later, but that's the basics of it. Goldface. Goldface is a really bad character who actually becomes someone kind of fun later on. Goldface. Keith Kenyon. Keith Kenyon is a criminal scientist. He uh, drinks a gold-based serum that grants him superhuman strength and vulnerability, but it also gives him a golden glow. He becomes a villain of the Green Lantern, and he's effective because the Golden Glow makes him yellow. yellow. And this is the era that the ring didn't work on yellow, so he's just a yellow man that punches the Green Lantern a lot. I kind of love that. I do too, but I'm just, it, I'm not it's saying so it's great. dumb, but... The problem is, he has to steal a remarkable amount of gold, and he doesn't really get to spend this remarkable amount of gold, because he has to either put it in his gold serum, or into his gold gun that he develops, which sprays liquid gold. I mean, does he really have to make a gun that sprays liquid gold? Or is that him just He's blowing gold all face, of the- man. He is committed to the bit. <laughs> <laughs> He eventually changes his motif and begins taking over criminal empires, becoming a crime lord, and becoming a foe of the Flash. However, he's sent to prison, and um, when he escapes, he decides he's going to become an honest man, and he takes over one of the biggest unions of the city, basically becoming, um, oh, who's that union guy that got, got, and disappeared, and we never found his body? Jimmy Hoffa. Jimmy Hoffa. Kind of a Hoffa-like character. Member of a powerful union, maybe kind of corrupt, but, like... Overall, not as bad. You know, still Union. Uh, He ends up allying with the Flash to go up against his ex-wife, the supervillainous Blacksmith, who were planning to take over, who was planning to take over Keystone and Central City with the Rogues, which is just a various team name for Flash villains. Because the Flash villains are organized. I mean, you gotta be. He's and they're also not complete dickholes. They have various rules. Among other things, don't kill speedsters. The Flash gets pissed when you kill a speedster. <laughs> You dress up goofy, you steal a bunch of shit, you keep the murder down to a minimum for the most part. There's a few that break that rule. And you don't kill speedsters. And the Flash will beat you up, but Mirror Mask will break you out of jail, no problem. Like, whatever. 
Mm-hmm. You kill a speedster, the Flash is going to leave you in the speed force or something like that, and that's a lot harder to get out of. Who's killing speedsters? Uh, the rogues, when they beat Bart Allen to death when he becomes the Flash. It was bad. Impulse, yeah. Impulse is aged up, and he becomes the Flash, and the uh, rogues beat him to death, and then the other Flashes are like, well, it's go time. <laughs> <laughs> well, you came for one of us, so we're going to come hard back tenfold, all of us. <laughs> Before you even see it coming. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, atrocities will befall you. <clears throat> Let's see, you, uh, you got Clue Master for the most part. Shitty Riddler. Shitty Riddler. And then Silver Swan. Silver Swan is the end result of one of my least favorite tropes. The woman is ugly and she's going to make it everybody's problem. The original Silver Swan, who was like roommate of Diana Prince, a.k.a. Wonder Woman? Yes. Which is just kind of wild to think about. There was just a period of time where Wonder Woman kind of had a secret identity and was living with Etta Candy, her plus-sized friend who actually was not shamed for being plus-sized, so I appreciate it. Like, it was always a big part of her personality, but it wasn't a bad thing, and in the original version... She marries Steve Trevor. She wins. But um, this woman was by the name of Helen Alexandros, was a ballet dancer who has a birthmark all over her face, if I remember. And as a result of being quote-unquote ugly... I'm just going to keep calling her ugly and to understand that I'm not saying that this is bad writing from the 60s. It's a, she's Silver Swan because it's the ugly duckling story. Yes. So, uh, she curses all men because she's not allowed to, you know, be a better dancer or like make it farther as a dancer because she's ugly. So the God Mars, which I forgot, which it took me a sec because it just said Mars talked to her. She made a deal with Mars and I forgot that at the time they were using the Roman names for the gods as opposed to like Ares. So she's like made a deal with Mars. I'm like. Like Barsoom? (laughs) (laughs) The red planet? No. The god. He will make her beautiful, and in return, she'll murder Wonder Woman. And I don't know who came up with the idea first of murdering Wonder Woman. If it was her being like, hi, you're a war god, didn't know you existed, good to meet you. What if I kill Wonder Woman for you? Or if he's just like, hi, you're an uggo, what if you kill Wonder Woman for me? I'm really sorry. I just no. That's exactly how Mars would say it. But and it's probably more believable in all honesty. Um, I don't think that like she has... believe me. We're not reflecting this on you, Zach. We're just this is this is unfortunately pretty accurate. Look, man, I love Roy Thomas and Gene Colan. Both of those are all-time great creators, but this was not a winner. Also, Dear Lord, it's from 1982. That's far too late in Wonder Woman's, in comics existence to justify this one. It is later brought back as another woman who was exposed to radiation from nuclear tests while in the womb. This caused her to be horribly deformed. A this says an influencer named Henry Cobb Armbuster, which I don't think they mean the modern definition of influencer, because I'm just imagining like a YouTube guy. Uh, the head of Armbuster International exploits her need for acceptance by choosing her for the Silver Swan Project. She's mutated to become the Silver Swan, a incredible beauty with uh, tremendous hypersonic powers and various other things. He extends his control over her by marrying her and being an abusive dickhead until Wonder Woman eventually convinces her, you're pretty awesome whether you're hot or not, ditch the dickhead. Regardless of how uh, you look, you shouldn't be with a dickhead is the yes. one short of that. Mm-hmm. And then the third version is uh, in a remake of Wonder Woman, a reboot of Wonder Woman, she ends up living with this family of a single mother and daughter, and the daughter is manipulated by 
various supervillains into becoming a new version of the Silver Swan, mostly thanks to Dr. Psycho, who's about as bad as he is in the Harley Quinn cartoon in everything. He's just yeah. the worst. He is the worst, isn't he? <laughs> Well, way to go. Now we know things about those characters. Unfortunately, the swamp is requiring that we play a couple games. Admittedly, this time the games are mostly, here's three things, pick one. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I like those games, so um, thank you, swamp. First off, as pertaining to Evil Star, now that we know more about him, we know that he will never be the star of anything. However, some... <laughs> <God> damn it. <laughs> some unlikely characters have had their own solo series. In these groups of three characters, tell me which one has actually had a solo series. First group, Slapstick, Husk, and Justice. It's Slapstick. It is Slapstick. Slapstick is basically a Looney Tunes character come to life. Including, like, he can just pull out a big hammer and hit you with it. That's fucking He awesome. does almost beat a man to death with it. Like, it, it gets dark, but... Um... He's from a world where that wouldn't kill someone. I'm gonna get this out there. Justice is the only one of those that deserves a solo series, but... Uh, Bronze Tiger, Ambush Bug, Big Barda. Big Barda. It's Ambush Bug. He had multiple of his own. Oh, yeah. I forgot. I've heard you talk about Ambush Bug at some point. He's kind of a precursor to Deadpool in its own ways. Of He was pretty self-aware, and he was insane. Was Oh, man. It's been so long since I've heard it. I can't remember if that was this podcast or a different one. Could be. I think it was early, early seasons of this, because you like Ambush yeah, Bug. I was about to say, I, some, I've never somewhere, read much with him. Somewhere possibly in this room, I might still have an outline written down that I came up with while on drugs of an Ambush Bug series. That's I the way to, to get Ambush Bugs, yeah. <laughs> um, Wildcat, Heckler, Our Man. I know the answer, so I'm going to let you... I don't know any of these characters offhand. You do know Our Man. Oh, well, I do know Our Man. Oh, I bet he probably has his own series then. But uh, is Wildcat the one that is like the boxer? Yes. Then it's probably Wildcat. He dresses up like a cat and he punches people. Yeah. I also love him. <laughs> I'm and the Wildcat. answer, Zach, is... Our Man. Heckler. Our Man in his own series. Which Our Man are we talking Sorry, about? Sorry, I should have wrote down the Rex Tyler Our Man. Oh, yeah, he didn't. The Android Our Man, the one that you liked from the Justice Society run. That, we that was my bad. I should have mentioned Rex Tyler. Heck, oh, Heckler is the guy. He's another Keith Giffen creation. He's got, his suit is like yellow and green and it's got ha, 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 ha written all over the top. And it was literally an attempt to, uh, similar to Ambush Bug, of putting Bugs Bunny in the Marvel, un or in the DC universe. Interesting. Interesting. Is it good? I don't know. I've never read it. I've only, I think in my entire collection, there's maybe three panels where Heckler exists. It didn't sell for balls, and it, it was sold bad enough that Keith Giffen was like, we should just cancel this book before you cancel it on me. Like, just, ooh. <laughs> like, ooh, wow. We can come up with another project that'll work for both of us. Sorry, it's not working out. All right. So, to make up for uh, the miss on Dr. Die Hard. As we know, most of the time, comic book death doesn't stick. And to be honest, because of that, when I had the idea for this, it was really hard to do research for it. <laughs> Luckily for us, the DC Universe is really screwed up with its timelines anyway. Oh, yeah. Oh, it's the worst. So, of these characters, these groups of three, tell me who stayed dead pre-New 52. Oh, yeah, all bets are off on that one. Stephanie Brown. Spoiler. Yep. Oliver Queen. Arthur Curry Jr. Remind me who Arthur Curry Jr. is. Aquaman's kid. I'm going to go Aquaman's kid. It was Aquaman's kid. He was... 
Aqua Baby. I don't remember how he was murdered, but it was pretty nasty. Black Manta did it. Yep, Black Manta did it in 78. I don't remember how either. Because it wasn't Piranhas, because that's how Aquaman lost his hand and got the hook hand. It might have... Drawn and quartered by manatees is my guess. I mean, literally, it was... Especially for 1978, it was dark. So then killer whales, not but not manatees. That'd be too silly. Next three. Carter Hall, Donald Hall, Kara Zor-El. Donald Hall? It's Donald. It is Donald Hall. Oh, the I was original dove. Who, I was guessing who oh. Donald Hall was. <laughs> <laughs> the original dove? Yeah. He dies in the crisis on infinite earths when uh, a building falls on him. Mm-hmm. Kara Zor-El is written out of existence, and then they just bring her back because they're like, you know what everyone knows? Supergirl. You know what's really confusing? Our strange angel Supergirl that I've talked about on this podcast before. <laughs> yeah. There's a weird horse angel that's obsessed with her. Like, That's right. And then, of course, Carter Hall. Hawkman. We did an entire episode on Fuck That Guy. Um, All right. And then the last three. Major Force, Hitman, and Mr. Z. I don't know any of these people by name. Major Force is the alternate... He's like evil Captain Adam. Uh, Most famous for helping coin the phrase fridging a character because he murdered Kyle Rayner's girlfriend and stuck her in a fridge to emotionally manipulate the character and give him stakes and drama. Uh, Eventually, Kyle Rayner cuts off his head, which doesn't kill him because he's just made of energy, and just launches it into space in revenge... Although I think he comes back soon. I never it's never really fully explained. Major Force's whole thing is he blows up and comes back, so it's not Major Force. Hitman was the only character to make it out of a really terrible DC crossover event called Blood Something. Blood Pact, possibly. Uh, something like that, yeah. Doesn't matter. He's a teleporting hitman. Uh created by Garth Ennis, the guy who writes Preacher. Oh nice. I don't think he dies, but I don't know. And then I'm not sure who Mr. Z is, so I'm gonna Go with Mr. Z. I was also going to go with Mr. Z, only because... Mr. Z and Major Fourth, Major Force is both part of their power sets that they resurrect. God damn it. It was actually Hitman. He dies. He died at the end. He of dies it. at the end of his run, and they've never brought him back. He's one of those characters that was so closely tied to the creator, kind of like Jack Knight, Starman, or uh, Dream of the Endless. That like they might use him occasionally if they're still alive at the end, but not in any real kind of story. Is is Mister Z short for Mister Zombie? No, it's legit just Mister Z. Oh, okay. And I'm. I'm not sure if he knew he could resurrect until he <laughs> resurrected the first time. Man, that's gotta be a bummer. <laughs> like, Dude, love that trope. I've seen it only one other place. I'd have they, to relook him up again. I can't remember, but like people who don't know they have a resurrection power and then are like, "Uh, fuck!" An immortal enemy of Superman. Maybe he knew if he's immortal. He's a dude with a mustache. He's German. Not important. All right, for Silver Swan, this might be the hardest one. I'm sorry but it ended up getting really specific. (laughs) Much like how very unfortunate writing likes to liken ugliness to evil and beautifulness to good, and we have Silver Swan being the ugly duckling story, and there being an entire era of comics known as the Silver Age, which of these characters made their heel face turn in the Silver Age. Ooh. Silver Age is generally considered ending when Gwen Stacy died. 
for that's like the end of the Silver Age, birth of the Bronze Age. Uh, it brings in characters like the modern day Flash, Green Lantern as a space cop, Spider Man gotcha. comes from it, the Avengers come from it. Most of the Marvel characters and most of the big name DC characters are Silver Age. Mm-hmm. Justice Society, Batman, Superman is Golden Age. Just for Mm-hmm. reference. Amazingly, Aquaman is Golden Age, but he was just never that popular and they needed a fifth person for Justice League, I think, so they're like, alright. I guess. Him. <laughs> uh, we'll go Marvel first, just because it was really hard to find DC ones, to be honest. <sighs> yeah. DC Silver Age is not... It wasn't really until the Bronze Age that... Um, they were just cohesion they were kind of became a thing. Age. Yeah, they introduced a bunch of new characters. It was great, but it was much more oriented towards kids, and the idea of a cohesive story was much less important than it was to Marvel. That's how Marvel changed the game. Okay, and then remind me real quick, what were you looking for again? Which one of these characters started as a villain and became a hero during the Silver Age? So, in the sixties or early seventies. Gotcha. Okay, thank you. Uh, Black Widow, Quicksilver, and Venom. I know what the answer is, so I'm going to let you... Hero to villain or villain to hero? Villain Villain to hero. hero. Villain to hero. Then it's Quicksilver, right? Yes. Yes. Pretty early on in Cap's kooky quartet, (laughs) which is most of the original Avengers quit, except for Cap, who's considered an original Avenger, even though he's not. Shit, I forgot he became an Avenger that early on. Uh, And Quicksilver, Scarlet Witch, and Hawkeye joined to fill in the ranks, and it's three former supervillains. Wait, Hawkeye was a supervillain? Not on purpose. Well, that makes sense. <laughs> One little uh, light, like, I've, I pretty much only run the... Uh, he's manipulated that. by the Black Widow a lot, and also things go wrong in an encounter with Iron Man, so he's turned into a villain kind of on accident, and they convince him he's not by Jarvis the Butler of the Avengers meets him, decides he should be a hero and should join the Avengers, so to prove his skills, they fake him kidnapping Jarvis, and then when the Avengers show up to hit him in the face a bunch, they're like, wait... It was all a It thing. was all an illusion, and I shall prove my ability by untying Jarvis with arrows. Like we could just we're standing right. He's like, nope, gotta shoot the gotta shoot the ropes off. <laughs> Interesting. Did not Jarvis made some choices in those early issues. The Joker, Penguin, or Catwoman? Joker, the Penguin, Catwoman. Catwoman. The reason I don't want to say Catwoman is I feel like this is a trap. Uh, yeah, I feel like it's um, trapped too, but I feel especially like Especially because Tyler trap. looks very proud of himself right now. If it's not Catwoman, then it's the Penguin, but I'm going with uh, uh, Catwoman because I feel like he's trying to triple fake us. But I could just also be just uh, building nothing out of nothing. I don't think it's Joker because I think during this time he got his own solo series and it was hard to do anything with it because he had to end up in prison at the end of every issue because it was still the rule that the villains had to be defeated by the end of the issue thanks to the Comic Code Authority. I'm going to go with Penguin. Penguin and Catwoman both came uh, much later into the Bronze Age. The Joker has an issue in the Silver Age called Joker's Millions, where because it's the Silver Age and the Joker is still a villain with a gimmick, Uh he gets enough money that he never has to do crime again. That's true. He wasn't very murderous during that time. Yeah, because Catwoman, I mean, from her very first appearance, there was the kind of romance (laughs) angle, but it wasn't until... God, probably not year one until Catwoman really started having more of a heel turn. Or I guess opposite of a heel turn. Face turn. Face turn. Penguin did become a crime boss till the 90s. Before that, he was just like, wah! (laughs) This one's the most arguable because of... More than Joker's millions? The turn happened definitely (laughs) more in the Bronze Age. or Or at least was more expounded upon. Uh Uh-huh. Clayface, Plastic Man, Pied Piper. I must say Plastic Man. 
Clayface. Pied Piper. That's why I, I thought that was way later than that. His was earlier than the others. Okay. Well, in fairness, Plastic Man was, uh, he was a villain, but like in his first appearance, he stops being a villain. Right. So that would have been Golden Age during the Jack Cole era, which those are wonderful, by the by. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Pied Piper is a Flash supervillain who has the ability to control people with his pipe and sometimes use it for sound-based Ganon kind of things. Uh, later comes out he's gay. Mm -hmm. In the 90s. And he becomes Flash's gay, reformed supervillain buddy. I don't know why, but this makes me want to make a weed-based villain for Flash. Eh, fair. Yeah. I guess the tortoise would probably be the closest, or the turtle or whatever. Couch lock? Gotta slow down. Beautiful. It's somehow, he, like, he just passes you a bong and you're just locked into a couch somehow. Yeah, I'm okay with this. And then Goldface... Steals all sorts of gold, even if he never gets to actually spend it. <laughs> I stole the gold! Oh, damn it, I gotta put in the gun now. This kind of feels like what little I know about Mr. Freeze. Like, he's isn't he mostly stealing diamonds to, like... Power up various cryogenic things, yeah. And or, like, generally fund his own research. Mm -hmm. So, I'm gonna give you guys five characters. Rank them from least wealthy to most wealthy. Oh, dear God. These are arguable, but they are the numbers are roughly pulled from things that they've said at different times okay. in the comics. Forbes has done stuff like this before. It's weird. Black Adam. Mr. Terrific. Which Mr. Terrific? Michael Holt, the second one, the yes. black one? Okay. Yes, yes. Star Sapphire. Carol? Yes. Arthur Curry. Oh, wow. This is... And Simon Stagg. Okay. So, two of these are rulers... Of kingdoms. Kingdoms, and three of them are CEOs. Black Adam, beyond just being The Rock now and forever associated <laughs> with that in ways that kind of annoys me, but I still kind of want to see that movie. I hear it's fun. That's yeah. all I needed from it. Yeah. Black Adam, King of Kandak, which is basically a not-Egypt, ancient Egypt nation. Like, and I would only rank that below Arthur Curry, who's Aquaman. King of the Seven Seas. King of the Seven Seas, so basically one, a lot of fucking salvage to take in consideration. Two, fucking, I feel like magic? They have magic. I would put Aquaman as number one. Uh, yeah, that's what I'm saying. It's like number one um, is going to be um, Aquaman for me, and then number two is probably going to be Black Adam. I'm going to put Black Adam as lower because it wasn't a super rich country by any stretch of the imagination. Good point, good with point. With the possible exception of oil, but he's not really one for like anything for letting Kandak be exploited. Even in the modern day when he re-seized control of Kandak. I would put Simon Stagg next. You probably don't know who that is. I know of the name. Simon Stagg is the villain-slash-father-in-law of Metamorpho. He shows up in the Justice League cartoon, which is probably where you would have encountered him. Yes, yes. He is a ridiculously rich CEO who does seem to have a bunch of control over stuff. He's one of those, like, kind of like Lex Luthor, of like, what do you run? Stag Corp. Mega Corporation that did everything. Sold whatever it could. So I would put him as number two. I could see Black Adam being number three. Carol Ferris runs Ferris Air, which is a plane company that's always on the edge of exploding. Sometimes literally. So I would probably put her at, like, the poorest. Mm -hmm. And Mr. Terrific, a.k.a. Michael Holt, does own a company that is another somewhat unclear. And what little I know of Michael Holt, Mr. Terrific, is from the Flash TV series where he, like, inherits 
the fucking. I think he inherits the company at one point, so he's pretty. Oh funny. yeah, he's gay in that one. Mm-hmm. I love that. That sounds weird that I'm making that a big deal, but like, there's not many black gay superheroes, so right. Like, and also like a really fucking great actor. I, like, no, I like, he's, he's super charming. I like he's super charming and a fun character. I they like changed that him a lot from the comic book, but I still really liked what. They did. It was. Mm-hmm. So. It's the only iteration I really am familiar with, and I really like um, that iteration. In the, the comics, his wife died in a car accident, and he's a little obsessive about that. But he uses that to try to make the world a better place. So so what was your final so, order? So, okay, I'm going to suggest uh, uh, Aquaman first, Simon Stagg second, Black Adam, followed by Mr. Terrific, followed by Carol Ferris. Yeah, and I would only the only change I would make is I maybe would put uh, Black Adam above Simon Stagg. Simon Stagg, simply from the standpoint of he like owns a fucking country. Fair enough. Steven got it. He's just switched those guys around. Okay. Um, the the rough numbers that I have for these, once again, there's there's a bunch of. First off, I took a, li- a look at a list of like twenty five characters or something, <laughs> and it was pulling all different references from numbers that they've said at different times through the comics, and they've mentioned that some characters they've said that they have untold riches, but whenever they say a number, it's way less than untold. <laughs> it's very told riches. <laughs> like Vandal Savage is said oftentimes to be like super insanely wealthy, but whenever they actually give him a number, it's in like CEO range. Mm-hmm. I also feel like Vandal Savage, though, like, that's what you're just getting to hear about. Given his amount of time on Earth. Also, what he can remember at the time. Bingo. Right. <laughs> I could see him being like, oh shit, oh shit, I have King Solomon's tomb somewhere. Like, yeah, right. like, he probably doesn't even think about, like, hordes of treasure that mm-hmm. have been, like, amassed and lost. I'm not surprised that Black Adam won. I just, they have often described Kandak no, as... Oh, you know, oh, Black Adam over. Over Simon Stack, yeah. sorry, yes. They just have described Kandak as a poor, beleaguered country enough times that I was like... Eh, it's still go. a whole fucking country. I know, but it's not a big country. So, Star Sapphire, uh, Carol, both... Both her and Mr. Terrific are about a billion, except the difference is she's described as about a billion, and he's described as definitely at least a billion. Both That surprises me for both of them. Neither one seems that kind of rich, but okay. Simon Stagg, they estimated about four billion from things that have been said in the comics. Believe it. Also a character I know more from the Flash TV series. Black Adam doesn't let outsiders exploit Kondok, but, but tends he, to rule it himself with an iron fist. Yeah, and no, due to due to that, they ranked him at about twelve billion. Alright. Aquaman, the number that in the article that I saw was something like a hundred and twenty trillion. I believe it. Yeah. They said it's been mentioned that in Shipwreck Salvage alone, he has over sixty billion. My thought process mm-hmm. immediately of like just taking into consideration like legal fucking salvage uh, laws for Earth, like, human land laws and their ability to just, like, fucking find shit. I have to admit, I'm curious on these, how much, like, because sometimes there's a difference between this company is worth this and their CEO is worth right. this. So, like, I have trouble seeing Carol Ferris being worth a billion, or Michael Holt in both cases, but I could see Ferris Air maybe being although that well, one varies wildly well, how much like but also doesn't she technically own ferris air how much is the ceo of uh boeing worth i have no idea no fucking clue also eat billionaires but i'm now going to look this up just because i posed that question <laughs> <laughs> uh 
well, and I okay, I know 100% the reason why I'm having trouble with the Carol Ferris one, because there's at least one time I know where she's like, well, I used to own this entire powerful air company, and now this landing strip with a bunch of rusted out planes is all I got left of it. So, like, that place has collapsed at least twice. Oh, I guess the current CEO of Boeing is only estimated to be worth about $290 million. Just $290 I know, ju- I mean, compared million. to the billion that we're... Yeah, no, I get you. I, uh, I make $20 an hour, fuck you. <laughs> like, and I, I feel like I'm doing well. Yeah. Um, Either way, even if her number is off, it, that still puts her lower than Mr. Oh, no, Terrific. absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. I'm, I, uh, just, just rounding back to eating the rich, uh, I, this is a realization that I can't, I should not have superpowers, because if you give me superpowers, I'm going to go fucking murder the rich people. <laughs> I will straight up lose all moral ethics when it comes to murder, because does it count if they're billionaire? I would mean, it, yes, but also... Would it count as murder if I killed... All of the super corporation owners. Would it count as... Okay, you know what? I'm not getting into that kind of ethics <laughs> debate on somewhere where we're recording all of this, Stephen. Um, Which is why I think it's a good thing I don't have superpowers. Because <laughs> I can't do that otherwise, and I'm not going to otherwise. Full stop. I also now want more iterations, either through the comics or the cartoons or anything, where Arthur is just clowning on Bruce for how poor he is. That'd be fun. Oh, oh yes. Especially like the Batman Beyond, uh, not Batman Beyond, uh, Batman um, uh, Brave and the Bold uh, style Aquaman. (laughs) Outrageous! Outrageous! You don't wipe your ass with gold bars, Batman! Especially because they recently had Batman lose 95% Mm -hmm. of his fortune. Oh shit, why? Did he give it away or did he just like make a bad game? Complicated schemes that basically the Joker managed to steal the fortune and people found out he was so much richer than anyone knew he was. Oh, fun. Uh, and there was no way to give the money back to him, and even if there was, it would... Or they could theoretically give the money back to him, but even if they did, it would be so closely watched now that they knew that he had, like, hundreds of billions in offshore accounts. That Basically, the plan was, we've made Batman too rich and too powerful that he can just make anything anytime he wants. He literally was running 3D printers making Batmobiles like military-grade Batmobiles. So he's still insanely wealthy, but now he's like well, hundreds wealthy. of millions, you know, A as opposed more to... Grounded wealthy instead of yeah. fictionally too wealthy wealthy. No longer has unlimited access to anything in Wayne Tech. It's going to throw up some red flags if he starts printing out Batmobiles. <laughs> really, the more that I think about this, I'm, the more I just want... Like Arthur blinged out all the time, stunning on everybody. He wears gold scale mail I that mean, I'm now even more. Is just gold doubloons. I just... mean, <laughs> it was a pretty easy, definitive, like, oh, well, he's the top of the list uh-huh. for us. But, I mean, think of No, the... you're right. He should be wearing a red cape lined with literal gold at all times. And a gold and crown. Like, and the, just like the green short shorts should literally just be made of dollar bills. Rolexes <laughs> um, <laughs> that are also made of somehow like shells. Like some, yeah. oh, He got some custom made Rolexes. Here's some Gucci sunglasses. Gucci doesn't even make sunglasses. They did for me. <laughs> it's all palladium. <laughs> <laughs> We're being let in. Cool. Let's leave as quickly as we possibly can. Yeah, I mean... I'm going to see what kind of mood this version of Grundy's in. I don't know when the hopefully last time the, he was killed. Hopefully but... it's the hippie Grundy from the Guys, I got bad now. news. The crate 
The crate didn't drop. The crate of pants didn't drop. There's no pants for Grundy. We have to go. <laughs> oh, no. Where Grundy, are we going to go? Grundy needs his pants. Uh, I need a drink. That sounds good. I, Man, I can't remember. The, what's what's that place? It's it's a bar with a... No name? With no name. Let's go to the bar with no name. So, next season, we're going to do things... First of all, we're going to do B-level villains again, but we'll do Marvel side because it's always fun to play even. But for the questions, we will be running next season a little differently because we're going to be doing versus battles. The basic setup is we will have a list of heroes and villains gathered from the likes of the three of us as well as listeners who we will random draw heroes or villains. One person will be assigned one hero or one character, the other person will be assigned to the second character, and the third person will decide which one wins based off the arguments of the two people. So, say we draw Batman, Spawn, Tyler gets Spawn, he makes the argument, here's why Spawn would win, I make the argument, here's why Batman would win, and Steven has to choose the winner. My argument? Michael Jai White. He wins. Damn it. I was going to use Todd McFarlane against him, but Greg Capullo worked for both, so who knows? Yeah, I don't know who Todd McFarlane is, but Michael Creator J. White. Fun. Michael J. White, I know who it is. Ooh, this will be fun. Now we have to take into consideration trying to uh, sway the judge we with our knowledge. We just completely broke all the setups by adding in, like, this actor played him. God damn it! <laughs> <laughs> and then who's I'm, the judge and who what will rotate over various things. I love it. I'm excited for it. I guess that's it for today. We're going to... I still th- we're I th- going to run. Look, we're going to be stuck here for a little bit because <laughs> we also have to refuel. We might as well try to get the pants off of the mystical dome. That's going to take us some time. I like Grundy most of the time. Worst case scenario, we give him our pants. I mean, I have an extra pair I can give him. I think he'll fit. I think we're relatively the same size. So we're going to hang out. We're going to start our journey to get that to that bar next time. Before we go, we'd like to remind you to hit subscribe and check out all of our sister shows at earvrm.com. That is E-A-R-V-V-Y-R-M.com. Other ways to get in touch with and follow us will be in the show notes. And as always, we want to give a special thanks to our editor, Stephen Gady, and Ian Ford for our theme song tracks. Until next time, I'm Tyler. I'm Zach. Up, up, and away. Or down, down, and stay. Down, down, and pants. <laughs> Planning sequence activated.